0: CHAPTER Eight, THE DOTING MEMO "'Here's your trot, Leo,' Amelie said as she laid his replacement lunch plate on the table. "'And here's your lasagna. "'La, do you ever comb your hair?' "'Ethan glared at his mother. "'I don't want lasagna. "'Well, that's what I brought you.' "'You're not helping me lose weight.' "'Absurd!' she demurred and turned to Leo. "'There's nothing wrong with little meat on the bones. "'What do you think, Leo?' I prefer a guy I can grab a hold of, he said, and cast a devilish glance at Ethan's mother. Lola, I do too. Ethan's father was very handsome, but lean. Part Mohawk. Oh, my parents were not pleased when they met him. They were good Catholics, and when they found out I was pregnant, they were beside themselves. Gollies! It was bad enough I was dating a patient I met during med school residency. Lola, but an Indian, that's what they called him. "'You don't need to tell him your life story, Memo,' Ethan interjected. "'Why not? Leo told me about his mother. Nothing wrong with friendly conversation.' "'I don't want to pry.' Leo attempted to dispel Ethan's discomfort. "'You're not,' Amelie assured him. "'I simply want you to know I raised Ethan well, Lula. despite being a single mother. "'I also taught him how to use a comb, though lately he seems to have forgot, Lala.' "'Leo looked down at his plate, embarrassed for Ethan.' You also changed my diapers. Want to tell Leo about that? Amelie feigned shock. Let's not go too far. Too late, slipped out of Leo's mouth before he could stop. Ethan burst out laughing. He slapped the table and spilled his iced tea. Leo laughed with him. Amelie chided them. All right, all right, make fun of me. Ethan sobered up and asked, How are you doing, Memo? Uh, the same old. The young ones complain about the older ones moving too slow. The older ones complain about the young ones slipping away during the shift to get blowjobs. I bet they wouldn't bitch if they were on the receiving end. I started rubbing lidocaine on my wrist. It helps. Nothing to complain about. Mama Lee! Mama Lee!' A customer shouted from the other side of the diner. Oh, I need it. She looked over the tables to see who was calling, then turned to Leo. Take good care of him. He's the only son I've got. She kissed Ethan on both cheeks and limped across the room, gleefully shouting, "'I'm coming, boys!' Ethan watched her leave, then focused on Leo. "'You came looking for me?' "'Yeah,' Leo hesitated. "'I, I wanted to apologize for being so abrupt last night.' "'No, I was totally saying the wrong things. My brain thinks things, but they don't come out right.' you were right leo said i don't know when we'll see each other again if you keep missing trains i don't know when i'll get rid of you leo was taken aback oh i i i i didn't mean it like that ethan blurted out quickly i i don't want to get rid of you amelie returned with fresh iced tea for ethan i'm back they saw your red trout and wanted to know why it's not on the menu why isn't it leo asked this is a cannibal themed restaurant, Lala. La. Alfred Packer, Donner Trail, have family for lunch. That's in California, Leo interrupted. Ethan quietly reminded Leo. Everything here is fake. Creative license, sukush. Anyway, eating fish has a whole different connotation with gay men. Right, Leo slowly nodded. And I've never told you, she turned to Ethan. But I've always wondered, Lila. wondered where you got the game, Because your father definitely wasn't. He loved eating fish. Leo spit lemonade across the table. What are you saying? Ethan shrieked. Amelie continued dreamily. He used to whisper to me in Iroquois when we were making love, Lala. Don't tell me this. I often regret never teaching you his language. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Ethan pushed his chair away from the table. Don't tell me about your sex life. "'You told me about yours this morning.' "'No, I didn't. "'That was autocorrect.' "'I'm simply comparing you to your father. "'You get the shyness from him.' "'Please stop,' Ethan countered. "'You're embarrassing me in front of someone I barely know.' "'The fact that you barely know him isn't my fault,' she declared. "'I'll leave you alone so you can remedy that.' Amelie trudged away and directed her attention to the table against the back wall. "'Your fish will be ready soon.' Ethan played with his fork. Sorry about that, he apologized. She has no boundaries. She used to walk into my bedroom at the worst times. The only door in our house with a lock was the bathroom. I lived in there from the age of 13 till I left for college. (laughs) Could be worse, Leo replied. I got a very graphic birds on the bees talk when I was eight. Memo waited till after I started taking 30-minute showers. "'but she didn't talk about birds or bees. "'She graphically told me what to do with my penis to please a woman.' "'Leo groaned in disgust. "'Oh, my God! That is too much!' "'I almost ran away from home. "'I would have died!' "'It gets better,' Ethan continued. "'She put condoms in my lunch sack. "'No!' "'When Oswaldo tripped me in the hall between third and fourth period "'and stole my lunch,' He reached into the bag and pulled out three rubbers. He called me a faggot, and then his gang ridiculed me about having AIDS because I have condoms. What grade were you in? Seventh. My geometry teacher heard all this, but instead of stopping Oswaldo, he sent me to the office because I was a danger to the students because, you know, AIDS. Wow. What a dick. I hated him. I wanted to curl up in a ball and hide. The principal called Memo. She's furious because she had to leave her clinic. The principal thinks she's our housekeeper because she's ranting in French. Then he asked her where my father was. Leo shook his head in disbelief. What did she say? It's a good thing he didn't understand French. But you do. I learned some new words. What did your friends say? Ethan shrugged. I kept to myself, mostly. We moved around so much, Leo responded. By the time I made friends, my mom got a job in another town. Because I was altitude challenged, I had to be funny so the bullies didn't beat me up. Altitude challenged. Short. Yeah, Ethan replied. I, I caught that. "'I sort of put it out there for you,' Leo sarcastically explained. "'Thank you. "'Next time you could use hand signals just to be sure I don't miss anything.' Leo held up his middle finger and grinned. "'Like this?' "'You're out of luck, pal,' Ethan retorted. "'Oswaldo took my condoms.' Leo leaned toward Ethan and whispered, "'Bummer!' Jorge appeared from nowhere. I did your job for you. Now I see why you're in such a hurry. Leo looked up and recognized Jorge. Hey, if I had known how hot you are, I wouldn't have stood you up. Sorry, man. Jorge stopped. He wasn't expecting that. It's okay. I met someone else. Leo gestured with his arms. Oh, good. Ethan checked his pocket watch. I better go. Thanks, George. I'll be there in a minute. You better, Jorge scolded. Ethan watched him strut out the diner door. Oh, he's going to be a real pain in the ass the rest of this trip. Leo glanced toward the door. You're working with him? Unfortunately. You hurt his pride when you didn't show up on Thursday. Now he thinks it's my fault. (laughs) I'm sorry. Well, not really, but... It kind of is your fault. Leo looked deep in Ethan's eyes. Since I'm here another night, do you want to get together later? You want to see Mamma Mia? Leo considered, or we could do something else. Ethan understood what something else meant. He wasn't ready for that. He, He barely knows this guy. He'll never see this guy again. "'He's falling in love. He feels it. "'But consummating this will only break his heart.' "'I have to go,' he stood abruptly. "'I'll meet you at the theater at seven. "'Leo couldn't avoid seeing the bulge in Ethan's pants two feet from his face. "'Okay,' Leo wanted to yank down Ethan's zipper right there at the table. "'Are you sure that's what you want?' "'The show's a lot of fun,' Ethan replied.' He had to get out of there fast, and he was desperate to adjust himself. Leo stood up. Okay, I'll be there at seven. Ethan couldn't think clearly at the moment because his blood was swelling in his boxers. He was even dripping. He yearned to grab Leo around the back of his neck and kiss him deeply, but he had to squash those desires. He backed away from the table. Okay, bye, he blurted and ran out the door. Leo stood in the middle of the diner watching Ethan bolt out the door. Wondering what he was doing wrong. Jorge was working the mic. Listen up, queers. Our train is now departing and we'll be picking up men left and right all the way to mountain air. This is the last train ride for Brakeman Ethan today, but it won't be his last ride before tomorrow. Hold on to your boyfriends, fellas, because he'll steal yours. Only 90 more minutes of this, Ethan thought to himself. He can avoid George all next week until Saturday. In the past, he always thought George was funny, especially his cutting comments about other people. It doesn't feel funny now that he's the joke. It also occurred to Ethan that George is making up shit like crazy about him and Leo. If he's doing that to him how much of what he said about other people was true. At that moment, Ethan realized he'd been silently participating in George's Bitter Queen dramas. It didn't feel very good. This is not how Ethan wanted to live his life. More jabs at Ethan's sexual prowess followed as the train rolled through Coyoteville, Grizzly Camp, South Timber Valley, Skookumchuck, Furs, and Waltersville, The final stop would be a crew change. The train reverses direction to return to North Mountain Lodge two minutes after arrival. When this train stops, rush out the door and bend over to kiss the ground. relieved that you made it to Mountain Air, George serenaded into the microphone. You were never in danger. Ethan just wants to see your ass is sticking up in the air so he can choose which one to take home. The guys laughed and teased each other, pointing out who has the best ass. Ethan scanned the station platform, looking for his replacement. He had his grip in his hand. He was ready to finish this trip. Caleb, the conductor who brought pizza to Twin Furs on Thursday, strode up to Ethan, standing in the vestibule. How was the run. Ethan was tight-lipped. Fine. You might have to wipe the smark off the microphone. Caleb groaned. You must be working with George. Yeah, Ethan smirked. He fires up the crowd. Ethan forced a huge smile. "'It's great! Best day ever!' Caleb snorted. "'That's why I work the night shift. He always pulls the day run so he can cruise the motels after dinner for older men.' Ethan stepped off the train and Caleb took his place. "'The toilet in this car won't flush. George should have written it up.' "'Anything else?' "'Never talk to anyone. George wants to fuck.' "'Did you?' "'Are you finally getting some action?' Caleb asked. "'No! Jesus! Although George told everybody all fucking day that I was!' Caleb swung his fists together and pulled a strained smile. "'Best day ever!' Tricos was still next door with his father, Kip, when Ethan got home. He showered off the train grime and texted Kelsey to reserve two tickets for tonight's early show— He looked through his clothes rack for something to wear. Most of his clothes were either uniforms or t-shirts. He had a couple dress shirts and a pair of rustler blue jeans that snugged his butt. He wasn't dressing up to see Leo, he told himself. He was going to the theater in civilian clothes and wanted to look respectable. He chose his white shirt with a pattern of small anchors. From a distance, the anchors vaguely resembled dangling dicks. Not that it mattered. Leo would be wearing a t-shirt and shorts. Ethan reconsidered his shirt and sorted it to the t-shirts hanging in his closet. None of them moved him. He decided to wear the anchor shirt anyway, to please himself. He heated dinner in the microwave. Out the kitchen window, he saw Tracos wandering around her backyard, looking for something to bark at. Going out for the evening puts a glitch in his dog-sitting routine, since he won't be home before Kip takes off for Seattle again. He sent a text to his neighbor. "'I'm going out for the night. Put Tricos in my backyard. I'll be home later.' Kip immediately replied, Finally got a date. No. Kelsey's text popped up, diverting his attention from Kip's inquiries. "Ethan, two tickets front. Is it love? What the absolute fuck? Ethan shouted to no one and everyone from a soundproof house. I'm not talking about this bullshit anymore. He changed into a t-shirt. Before walking out the door, he combed his hair. Outside the Ovis theater, the Marquis now boldly displayed tonight's show, Mamma Mia, on a vinyl banner. The lobby cards were all changed to pictures of the cast wearing tonight's costumes. The concession stand offered koulouri, lucumades, and other Greek snacks. The main theater door was draped with fishing nets and seashells. It's as if last night's Evita performance never happened. Ethan picked up his tickets from the box office and waited. At first, He didn't recognize the man who walked in, wearing black dress shoes, slacks, and a button-down shirt unbuttoned three slits below his neck. He did a double-take when he saw Leo's beatific smile radiating from his face. He stammered, "'You had all this in your backpack?' "'No. I went shopping this afternoon.' "'You're kidding.' Leo looked at Ethan's T-shirt. I'm not trying to make a big thing about tonight. I just felt like dressing up." Ethan was embarrassed he was underdressed and hard as a rock as he admired his gorgeous date.